1: Hey Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cups podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up, guys. How'd I do? I Great. think you're good.
0: You sounded it just like Luke. Ah, oh, right. even better. I'm
1: looking forward to when Stuck watches this back and he can he'll grade review. me tomorrow. He'll yeah, give you. will get a report grade. card <laughs> yeah. on your. Yeah, intro I'm looking read. forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to my report card on on my intro. Yeah. Um. Uh, Welcome guys, I'm Cody, follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore CHO, Ryan, Luke, or not Luke, Corey, <laughs> I already <laughs> fucked it up, congratulations. I do, Luke and I are very similar. You got the glasses, I, I get, you know, you know? Uh, Corey underscore Cubs, Ryan underscore A, underscore Herrera, there you go, yep, I did yep. that right. And uh, more importantly, my good buddy Max Bain is in the, is here, he, well he's not in studio, but he's remote, join us right now, like the OGs that have been following me for a while, know how how much i love max bain He was one of our first guests we ever I had think he was our show. first guest on the show yeah he's one of our first guests i've known him for a few years uh and uh, max what's going on man
2: not too much man i'm uh doing the whole single parenting with the new dog right now so i'm trying to do both uh so i apologize if i look away often just want to make sure the pup's good but uh, i appreciate you guys having me on today
0: what yeah, kind of dog man. you got
2: i got a uh, golden doodle he's about he's about five months right now six okay.
0: months okay oh Still a puppy, then. There you go. Still
2: a puppy, but he's he's going on forty pounds right now, so he's gonna be a one. He's gonna be a one. I'm not gonna save money feeding that dog. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> he's like, uh, he's he's got the he's in, he's in a relationship, and I'm pretty sure the girl probably decided on the dog. Is is that is that fair to say, Max?
2: I think we kind of both came together on that. We we had some breeds that we were looking at, but. Um, she wanted an Australian Shepherd. So I kind of got her towards the golden doodle side. And plus she's, uh, she's allergic to dogs. So the hyperallergenic thing and not, not uh, not shedding is kind of a big, big factor in that. So um, no, it's, it's been good so far. It's been good so far, man. Awesome, man.
1: Well, I'm glad to, glad to have you here, man. It's the off season. So I think one of our goals this off season is to talk to more prospects, especially with how this a team is building through the system right now, and uh, there's a lot of exciting things going on with it. So Absolutely. glad to have you as the first one, man. Um, you guys me. for sure. Um, I guess my I, this is not even really a question, this is more of like I've been wanting to tell you this for a while. Like, remember, like two, three months ago, I was texting you and I was venting about <laughs> Cubs ownership. Like, yeah, yeah I yeah. want to publicly apologize to you that I did that to you <laughs> via text. Like, I was going through, I was, I was, I was going through the motions of the baseball season, man, and like I, I, wanted to check in on you, and then you know we started talking about the team and stuff, and then it just kind of came out, and so I just want to apologize for slandering your employer to you via text.
2: It's all good, man. It happens. That's part of uh, that's part of fandom. That's what makes that's what makes the Cubs fan base so great. And you know, you mentioned bringing on prospects and whatnot. Uh, one of the things I've said kind of from the start being a prospect is that we have a really passionate fan base, especially when it comes to minor league baseball. So um, again, I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to be here today. And I appreciate that you guys are uh, putting in the time and effort to, you know, touch over the minor leagues too. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: Max, I, I'm curious, just like as an overarching, you know, just 2022 season, second pro second season of pro ball. I mean, what, how do, what do what you, what are your takeaways from yourself and your development this season? what, what was the season like for you?
2: Um, so, the season started well. I was in South Bend, kind of doing my thing, kind of picked up where I left off last year. Um, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to get the in season promotion to Tennessee, which was really cool. That was something I kind of wanted to experience. Um, that was something like I can distinctly remember having a conversation with uh, Cole Rotor in 21 about how cool an in season promotion would be. Um, so, to be able to do that and kind of, I don't know, join the team mid season, like that's kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Went to Tennessee, my first start, I I, uh, screwed up my ankle in like the second inning. And um, I just kind of pitched through it. It was something that it hurt to throw, but like it wasn't something that uh, was gonna take me out of a game per se. Um, So I kept throwing on it, kept throwing on it, kept throwing on it. We go down to Biloxi um, in the middle of July, which is just, it's gorgeous down there, 100 with 100% humidity, it's awesome. I screw up my other ankle down there and I ended up doing, I ended up doing uh, like two or three weeks on the, on the IL. Uh, but what, what had happened, what had happened in that time is I started kind of compensating for my, for my injuries and my movements got all messed up on the mound and I was just moving in a way that wasn't really conducive to throwing strikes. I was kind of put myself in a position where, um, as it's been described to me, I gave myself a very small window of release to throw strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept pushing through, I, I kept telling myself that it was something that was mental that I just need to be more uh, confident on the mound that I just need to have a better, have better rhythm and just better tempo and, um, you know, uh, so that led, I, I think that that was pretty large contributor to the numbers in Tennessee, which, again, man, it doesn't take a smart person to go see that the numbers were like they weren't great, they were actually really disappointing. And that was something that's something I want to improve upon next year. Um, however, uh, to, to end the year. Uh, on the development list, taking advantage of an opportunity that the organization that the organization had given to uh, guys like Ryan Jensen, guys like Kyle Johnson, who was a who's an older guy but throws ninety eight out of the bullpen, you know. Uh, taking advantage of an opportunity like that, go down to Arizona um, for about eight weeks, really just kind of hone back in on the on the movement patterns and getting in the weight room, kind of just prioritizing me in my training economy taking out the game scenario stuff like that i think that was really beneficial um and i got i got the chance to have uh i got the chance to have seven outings down there and and six of which were walk free which i think if you count my outings between 21 and 22 i might have six total so uh to 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 be able to see that kind of improvement that quickly like that that was really cool and something i'm looking forward to taking into the offseason
0: well you mentioned the developmental list like uh, how, how do you, and I, I'm, I'm just like still trying to figure out like how the games work there. Are they more simulated? Is it like just real games in like the Arizona league or how, like, how do you balance sure. like developing out there while also trying to pitch in like a game situation?
2: Sure. Um, so the Cubs did a great job with that because up until the season ended, I was in more of like a live BP setting. So there was no, no defense. There was no um, game scenario to worry about other than me just actually pitching. Uh, and then when instruct started is when I finally got the chance to get back into that game scenario, have runners on, get to practice different things within the game, pitching to guys based on where runners are and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that that like kind of slow integration back into the game helped quite a bit and allowed me to just have privilege of focus. Um, because you know, when, when things are not going your way or things aren't going the best and you just got to keep taking the ball and you keep going out there and it's, feels like beating your head against the wall the game speeds up too like it it, especially with that pitch clock the game really speeds up so it just it's hard to feel like it's hard to not feel like it's uh it's hard to not feel like you're uh not spiraling right so you're just it it just feels like like i said it just feels like you're beating your head against the wall so to be able to go to arizona and you know like i said have that integration again from live bps back into a game scenario really kind of slowed things down for me and allowed me uh to have that privilege of focus
0: okay yeah, um we're um I, I know you obviously are, you know, trying to do your own development, but when you look at just the overall pitching infrastructure in this organization, this system, obviously it's cut it's on the rise. A lot of a lot of young names, but a lot of just names that we're starting to hear about more. Yeah. From going you know, South Bend, Tennessee, what have you seen guys that have stood out to you as far as like who Cubs fans should be looking at you know looking out for like names to watch out for
2: um first off I think the most impressive thing about our pitching infrastructure right now is the buy-in I think that that's I think it's been incredible and I think you've already seen that right I was telling um I was down at Instructs with McAveen Michael McAveen and I was we were talking about how we basically not us as players but the organization flipped its whole uh, reputation of not being able to develop pitching. We did that in like three years. And now we're, now we have what every player in every org wants. We're traveling every, every road trip. We have a rep soda. We have a track, we have an edrotronic. our pitch design, like our R and D infrastructure and our, and our pitch design processes unmatched. You see guys with disgusting stuff and it's just it, the tools that the organization is able to provide us. It, it, it's really special. Um, so I think, you know, you say, you say, who, who do we look for, right? Or who should we be watching? Uh, And I think the more important, I I guess the better, the better answer rather than just giving you names is just ensuring that you're able to trust the guy that comes up, right? So an example this summer is Javier Assad. And I told, I told Brian Smith about four weeks beforehand, I said, that, that dude's a big leaguer waiting to happen. Cause he just goes out there every time and he's commanding the zone. He's got that cutter. He's got the change up. He's got like five pitches that he just throws for strikes before the year. Nobody really, really would have heard about him. Right. That that's mm-hmm. kind of, that was kind of the consensus, at least from what I saw um, and to see him go do what he did and be as dependable as he was, that's the Javier that we all knew. We were just waiting for everybody else to see it. So um, I, I think, I think it's really cool that we're in a position like I, like I started with, I think it's really cool that we're in a position to whoever's going to go up there, like that's a trustworthy dude, and it's a dude that's got really good stuff.
3: Well, and so I, I think like keeping on that, Max, I'm curious, like last year, especially even if we would have maybe liked to have seen different results at the major league level, what that did provide was an opportunity for so many guys, Javier Assad being one of them. But we routinely saw guys in the lineup, the rotation, the bullpen, not only just getting an opportunity to come up, And play at the major league level, but earn a a real spot, a starting spot in the lineup, a rotation spot. Um, You know, we saw Samson and Assad hold rotation spots for most of that second half. The bullpen, of course, they trade their top four guys. And, you know, now Brandon Hughes is your highest leverage reliever. Like for somebody working your way through the system and working your way up, how does it feel to kind of see and be a part of an organization where I think you kind of have that confidence of, Hey, like if I put the work in and I start getting results, like they're going to give me a shot. I have a real shot to like earn an opportunity here.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think our, uh, the, the second half results from the big league team only help the, the minor league guys. Right. Cause I think I can't remember exactly where we were, but I think we finished, we finished pretty well, right. The second half we played pretty well, like by wins and losses, we played really, really well. Um, so I think, seeing those guys go up there, having the success they did just increases that buy-in that I was talking about. Um, I remember talking to, that was uh, the first thing I said to Brandon Hughes when he went up and debuted, who ended up finishing top five in the NL for appearances as an outfielder. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) so we are talking to Brandon, he goes up and he kills it. And it's like, you should have seen the guys in the Tennessee locker room, all watching the games on their phones. We got like four phones going and got six or seven guys around every phone. Seeing, seeing that, right, being part of that, you just feel like this whole sense of like, like you, said, like you alluded to, like, holy shit, man, if I, if I do this, like, I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna have success, or we're gonna go up there and we're gonna have success. And I think, you know, you just see, um, you see the way like Myrtle performed in the first half, South Bend performed pretty much all year long, Tennessee making the championship run. Like, we're winning at these levels for a reason. There's roster, it's not like we have this huge continuity thing going on. Tennessee rolled over a different team in the mm-hmm. second half, right? And they were still very, very competitive, you know? Um, so it, it it's uh it's pretty amazing to be part of, man. It's pretty amazing to be part of. And I think the outlook for our minor league guys, uh, I think we're just building trust right now with, with the organization, which I think is really cool um, and even more impressive with a big market team. I think the business side of that and being able to actually have a really, Impressive minor league infrastructure is – that's hard to come by. You find teams that want to just spend more than just actually develop. So it's been – it's cool to be part of that.
1: What's – you know, know, we've been talking about minor leagues, obviously, but who's someone down there in Arizona that was on the developmental list that you think will be able – outside of yourself, of course, that could really – You know maybe like ryan jensen for me is like a guy that i've been waiting on like and i'm not paying attention to minor leagues as much as you know someone like brian smith or our good friend greg huss and you're there like you were there seeing it like who's someone from that development developmental list this year that could really take a big step next year outside of yourself
2: so our developmental list was pretty our developmental list was pretty small uh, in the sense that I was down there, I was the only guy to wrap the season down there on it. So uh, it went from me and Bailey Reed, and Bailey was in South Bend, um, to just me. And But what it did afford me the opportunity of was to get to meet this year's draft class, uh, which was really cool. And I got nothing but good things to say about the guys that we picked up this year. I think it's been really cool to see. We got some high school guys that are incredibly mature for their age. Uh, we got some college guys that just kind of have a routine that works for them already, which I think is really important, especially when you're talking about, uh, those guys are going to head out for their first full season next year and just having a routine established. I think that's going to be huge because that's going to be the longest season of their careers. But, um, circling back, you, you mentioned the name Ryan Jensen, and how you're waiting on him. And there was a start, um, my, my, the start that sticks out to me the most this year, we did like a pink in the park night. And I think it was like a Saturday in August. Right before, it was right before I came down to Arizona, and uh, Jensen had just gotten back from the developmental list. It was probably his second or third start, um, and or maybe he's coming off an oblique injury. I can't remember, but you could just see like his vibe for the day was outstanding. Like it was, it was he's loose in the clubhouse, loose with the guys, wasn't putting too much pressure on himself, and watching him go out and do he's five innings, sat ninety-seven to one hundred, like that was. That was fun, and you don't see that at the big league level. So it's there. Like Jensen absolutely has it, um, and, and he's coming. There's no doubt about that. He is. He's on the way. So I know you're waiting, but patience, my friend. Patience. I've been patient, bro. I've been I patient. <laughs> I know. I'm talking to a fan base that waited a hundred years, so I, I, I apologize.
0: <laughs> Max, I want to go back to a couple questions ago. You kind of mentioned the, you know, the success at Myrtle and South Bend and Tennessee. Um, and when people look at the minor leagues, it's more about like the development and the process than like, oh, let's, you know, win a championship in the the Midwest league kind of thing. But when you are doing that, you are developing, all these guys are developing and you're winning, you know, or you're going to championships, you're winning, you know, league titles, whatever, what have you, how does that maybe influence or give confidence to, to that group when you guys are moving your way up the minor leagues? And, you know, how does that translate into success as a team in the big league level?
2: Sure. Um, so I think, uh, oh, wow. Uh, winning is, <laughs> it's very fun for a clubhouse. And that's a very obvious thing to say. Um, but winning is something that takes a clubhouse and it brings it together, right? Losing is something that's just going to be like, you're just going to deal with stuff that you wouldn't normally have to deal with. And there's going to be guys that are on, on edge, you're not performing well and they need to. And it's just, but they at least they feel like they need to. And um, when we're winning together like this, right? Especially, I think the best example is probably Myrtle winning the second half, and then that roster saying, "You know what? We're tired of this place. Let's just go to South Bend and win it there too." Uh, and and that's exactly what they did. You see guys that just start like, it's cliche, but they just start pulling for pulling for each other, and that's the essential teamwork that comes into that's the essential teamwork that comes into like professional sports because you know, at least for me, like be a good teammate always until always until pro ball was like. Hey, make sure you're picking up the guy that just struck out or if the pitcher just gave up a six-spot, make sure you give him nucks on the way out. Like that's being a good teammate, being there for your team. At the pro level, being a good teammate is is pretty much playing well. Right? Like you go do your job, you're not don't be mean to anybody, don't be a jerk. Go play well, and that's how you're a good teammate. That's how you that's how you help the team win. There's a very professional aspect to it. But when you when you start winning games, it is so much easier for everybody to get along, good friendships to to form. And it just, it carries over on the field. uh, And it's not, it's something that's not quantifiable.
1: uh, That's interesting considering like the Cubs obviously went through this developmental season at the major league level. And there were definitely some dark times in the middle of the year, but they stuck together and were able to finish the season strong. And whether you want to look at that as, however you want to look at that, if a, not mattering because they were out of it or, or whatever. I, I think that that what Max just said is it, it actually speaks volumes to how well of a job David Ross probably has done in terms of just keeping the guys together and just trying to keep, you know, the, the guys on this team that are going to be here, you know, keep them going in that right direction of, you know, having that
3: positive mindset. Well, I feel like we heard, <clears throat> excuse me, similar stuff to what Max is saying from the major league guys I think because of the major leagues and, like, the results, they're not going to say it in as clear of terms as Max did. But, like, I feel like we heard from Nico and some of those guys about how important it was to be winning and, like, the change in energy and, you know, just getting together, even in a season where, like, the winning wasn't going to lead to what you wanted it to. So, yeah, definitely.
2: That that team seemed to have a lot more fun, like, down the stretch, right? Up until the last day, that team was having fun. And they were playing – Like, again, I can't remember the exact record, but it was like 40 and 30 in the second half. Like they were a very good big league team, uh, or I should say they were a very, yeah, they were a good big league team in the second half, you know? So that, I I think uh, all those like short videos you see of guys having fun in the dugout or the clubhouse or on the field and stuff like that, a lot of those came in the second half. And I thought that that was really cool.
3: I think the record was 39-31. and 39-31, yeah. yeah. So,
0: right, almost on That's the money. <laughs>
3: when I, it's interesting to hear that, too, because I think some fans in the second half, especially, they'll see, you know, like Nelson Velasquez and uh, Christopher Morel, you know, jumping around in the dugout. And you'll see it, like, even in our social media mentions, like, these guys are having fun but they're, you know, 20 games under 500 and it mm-hmm. you know it's like obviously there's more to it. it. It it does matter and like especially on a personal level for these guys like you want them to be having fun. Like they're working hard to to play better too. Like yeah. it it shouldn't it, be yeah. viewed that way. It would be a lot it would be very alarming if
1: like things were going bad and then no one in the dugout liked each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Right. Yeah. 100% so. Yeah, All right, Max, just to get back to you really quickly, uh, when you went up to Tennessee, you had you pitched 16 games, but only five starts. Most relief appearances, you know, for you in this system. Mm-hmm. Is that the path going forward for you? Are you is, are you a reliever going forward? Or are you still trying to start? Like, what is the like the Well, I guess what are your goals, but also kind of what is in the conversations with coaches and, and managers and stuff? What is kind of the path forward for you in this system?
2: Sure. Um, so I think, so I I do think I am out of the starting rotation for now. Um, but I don't know that it's out of the question that I'll pick it back up again. Uh, and and what I mean by that, um, you know, when we kind of talked about a role shift, uh, I believe it was down in Pensacola, uh, over the summer. Um, when we kind of talked about a role shift, we kind of identified a comp of like, uh, Keegan Thompson, you know, how he's kind of Swiss army knife. So not saying I, I don't. For everybody, listen. I'm not Keegan Thompson. Uh, that dude's really, really good, and I still have a ways to go to be in the same zip code. So, uh, but as as in terms of like a future role, that's kind of where I see myself. You know, just kind of give me the ball whenever you want to give me the ball. If we need to pick up a spot, if we need to pick up a spot start because we got six games in five days, give it to me. You know, um, so that that's kind of the that's kind of the idea moving forward. Of those
1: versatile pitchers that the Cubs have just been—it's like they have an assembly line of them coming up, man. Like I think,
2: it, I think you, you're going to see that become more and more popular um, as the as the starting pitcher role takes. It, it seems to continue to take less of an important role outside of the right. outside of the playoffs because that's what's winning. But you know, whatever.
1: What do you think about that? Because a lot of like a lot, especially all of the like older generations, they they they. They look at numbers and they see, oh, a guy went five innings. That's not good enough. Like, they can't like a lot. Of, like, like you just said, the league is kind of adjusted to where like those those middle innings have kind of taken a spot of kind of the role that you are in right now. Like, do you do you think it's good or bad for baseball that it's kind of just gone this way or all across the league? Good or bad for this?
2: That's a hard. That's a hard one to answer because that that's. I don't know about good or bad, but I will say I think what gets lost is the. Um, is just realizing how difficult it is to get these dudes out like this is a very hard thing we're doing to roll through a lineup twice now is is very difficult. You, you know, it, it's shrinking every year just how effective pitchers are or starting pitchers are in, you know, in terms of depth into a game. Um, oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys, Wesley, you're good, bud. You're good. Uh, sorry about that guys, um, you know, I think, uh, I think what gets lost is just, just how impressive it is. The guys that are able to take the ball every fifth day and give you five innings. That's something I saw in double a, like Javier, like Javier Assad again, like he's a great example. Every fifth day, you knew exactly what you were going to get. You're going to get four to five innings. You're going to get probably three to five strikeouts, two to four walks, one to two hits, probably no runs, maybe one. So the consistency right? That's, that's what I think is more impressive than a guy being able to take the ball once and go seven. I think if you can give me a, a consistent starting pitcher, that's giving you a very similar result every time, give me that over 130 innings versus a guy who's going to give me 200 innings, but I don't know what that's going to, I don't know what that's going to yep. look like.
3: Gotcha. Well, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious, Max, just because uh, you're the first player we're talking to since this is all going down. Like we're talking about like the MLB, like, there's a big debate over the weekend about like the playoff format okay. and just the playoffs. And like, you have a sure. couple hundred win teams getting knocked out. Like as a, we don't hear any of that from the players though. It's all from the media and stuff like that. Like as a player, your attitude, I I would think would be, Hey, we got to win the games, right? Like, yeah. or do you look at this and think of that differently?
2: Um, you know, I, I think from, I tend to think about things from like a business perspective. That's kind of how I see, uh, kind of I, I see my career as like a business opportunity. Kind of, I, I realize that within the system, every player is an asset to a degree. I, I realize that every playoff game brings in a little bit more money, and I know that they don't have to pay salary for that; they just pay a, a portion off of the ticket prices. Um, so I understand the need for uh, I understand the need for more playoff games. Just going up with the, going up with the, uh, the, the trend in salaries, or at least the, the trend in contracts that we've been seeing. So I understand the need for it as a player, when you're looking at the new playoff format or any playoff format, where are we going and what time does the game start? Cause that's going to dictate what time I need to be in the clubhouse. So that's like, that's it. Just go, like you said, just go win the game, right? All the business aside, all we're doing is going to win a baseball game. That's it. Right.
1: Fair enough. Um, I got one last question. You guys got any more? Take it. Okay. All right. So my last question was, you know, is the Bain campaign coming back this, this winter? Cause I know a lot of people loved it last yeah, year yeah. and uh, yeah. I want, I um, help, help the people out, Max.
2: Sure. So <laughs> truth be told, I don't know. Truth be told. I don't know. Cause I've talked to, um, one of my, I don't know where to go with the content because fully transparent, I think it'd be really cool if a guy like me had a voice because a lot of times having a voice within the game is, uh, relative to success. Right. And obviously I didn't pitch as well as I wanted to this year. So I'm torn between, do I still want to produce content and still make, um, still promote myself, even though the numbers haven't quite gotten there, uh, or haven't been where I want them to be. Um, or do I just kind of like take a season and just kind of focus on me, be private and just kind of, um, Let life come to me, you know, spend more, spend more time at home with my dog and, and, and my girlfriend, you know? Um, so truth be told, I'm not entirely sure. I do know at some point if I do continue podcasting, which I really enjoy doing, I think it's really fun, uh, especially in the format that we had it, where it was just kind of untimed and we had got, it just felt like a conversation, um, Uh, I I do know that at some point I would love to go into a player led podcast and that's nothing against like, that's nothing against Brian or Chris, because I think us three really worked well together and you saw it kind of grow over the 15 episodes that we, or the maybe 14, uh, 14 or 15 episodes that we released. Um, I think for me personally build, like if I'm looking at building a brand, right, whether it be my own personal brand or the podcast I'm running is, I want to involve, I want to give as many guys a voice within the game as possible. So uh, what I mean by that is I would love to go to like a player-led podcast at some point, co- similar to what the compound does. Uh, I think Ian, Dakota, and uh, and Zach do a really good job over there. So um, I, I would love to go to that at some point. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not going to give a direct answer because I don't know. <laughs>
0: Uh Max, I'm quickly I'm curious, like, what is this off season gonna look like for you as in a baseball sense then? Like are, are I I believe the Cubs are having that offseason prospect camp again. Are you gonna be there? You know, what are these these next was it like four, four and a half months gonna look like for you?
2: Um I think it's gonna be so hard to answer. And I and I apologize for overthinking every question you guys have given me today. Uh but I think it's gonna be something last year where I had a job. I had time constraints, and that's not I don't think that took away from what I was doing, but it was always in the back of my head. And now it's just kind of now I kind of have the freedom to do what I want. I'm choosing not to work this winter, um, even though that's gonna put me in quite the position come spring. like <laughs> you know, uh, I'm choosing not to work. I want to put all my time into the sport this winter. Um, I have a couple buddies, I have a couple buddies up here, uh, kid with the Braves, Orioles, Reds that I'll be training with uh consistently but uh honestly I'm looking forward most to the time the time I have at home now uh I don't get to see uh my girlfriend or my dog I don't get to see him as much as I'd like to uh so in addition to the three four five six hour days I want to be home I want to be home and I want to be I want to be around Madison I want to be around the dog and uh I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to this winter
1: I think that that uh you know that might help refuel for next season, man. Just get kind of get exactly. your mind out of the game. And, uh, you know, you went through some stuff this year, but I have no doubt that you're going to get back on the track that you're on in year one. So, uh, I appreciate you know, that. We, uh, I look forward to seeing what 2023 brings. Uh, but, of course, I'm, I'm hoping the off season goes well for you.
2: It's uh, I think it's an important year. So, uh, I'm going to treat it as such. Uh, every year is important, but – uh, with, with the way that minor league contracts are structured. Um, this year happens to be a little bit more important to me than, or for me, not to me, for me, uh, as opposed to the rest of them, um, or at least leading up to it. So, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it everything I have, man. Um, I know I can't do too much more of what I did last year. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if we're talking realistically, I don't know how long the leash is, you know, that's part of the game. So I'm going to put everything I have into it and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, uh, appreciate you for jumping on. Yeah. Um, I'll have to have you on maybe before the spring or something like that. Maybe when you go get back out to Arizona, check in on how the offseason went for you. And, uh, you know, you're always – whether no matter what happens, you're always a friend of, of ours on this podcast, yeah, man. A friend of the program,
0: recurring guest.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun. Um, love chopping it up with y'all. Absolutely, man. man.
0: Well, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Max. Max.
2: Thank you, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya, bud. All right.
1: Guys, this interview has me all hyped up. It makes me, wanna, it makes me think about what I'm going to eat for lunch after we're done with this. And Green Rich Farms is right up that alley. You know, Green Rich Farms is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better and all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Everyone knows I love the meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, hey, happy yeah. hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. Make a perfect post-workout snack. Max, We should get Max Bain some of those, right? Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno, cheddar, and spicy chili. Haven't tried them yet. You don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they are made from recipes, generations in the making, and being all-natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful Alternative at snack time, you can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicago Land grocery store. I go store. to Sam's
0: Club. You do? I, I have a Sam's Club membership. I do. It's a good. I need. I, you need to hit me up here. with that membership. It's, it's good in bulk, man. Yeah, if, yeah. Like it, when you're in college and you, and you, <laughs> you know, you need just a lot of Green Ridge Farms. It's all right there. I, in bulk. Buying I bulk. love
1: bulk. We need. I, I'm going to ask you for your <laughs> membership. Right now, you can order any three meat products at greenridgefarms.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. That was love, a, uh, love free
3: meat sticks. That was a Stucky level transition. Oh, I just want to say, I hope he listens to that. Cause I think you did him proud there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I want to thank our kick. next sponsor as well. And that is game time. The hottest Oof. new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows. Bears, of course, are underway. The Blackhawks just got started again. The Bulls season is coming up. So any game you want to go to in the city of Chicago, you will not find a better deal than on Game Time, created by the fans, for the fans, and guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets with Game Time through the link in the YouTube and podcast descriptions join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events see I was I was looking at it and like you know, blink
0: 182 is gonna be here in May Ooh. I really want to go to that but I don't want to buy you know I don't want to buy the the overpriced you know nope. by get them all their hot kind of tickets like I want to go on game time I want to see what they got they might have cheap tickets you like yeah. they always do. Right, they always do. So I'm gonna wait. You get go cardinal on playoff tickets for a dollar in game time, then you can get cheap Blink 182
1: tickets. Oh yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they'll, they'll, I mean, and
3: if you know some, especially for that, like you hang out, you wait, you can get up to sixty percent off. You wait for those prices to come down. Game time, will have absolutely. you covered. Absolutely. Taking a look at the chat, we got Mike, my guy Mike Dubs,
1: Shane. He's always here. Aaron, he says, Yeah, Rich, Rich is here. Rich, thank you as well. Sorry I didn't see you. Uh, Aaron says that was an awesome interview, Max. Always great to. Uh, to listen to. And yeah, he's great. He's a great yeah, dude. Yeah. I uh he's very thoughtful. Yeah. You know. Uh you know, we we sit here and we 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 dream about what the potential of PCA and Brennan Davis and a lot of those top ones, but like I I he's one of the guys that no one talks about that like I'm cheering for super mm-hmm. hard. Not only because I have his phone number and I can text him and you know just shoot the shit with him or whatever, but
0: he's just <laughs> a genuinely good dude, so well it's also like uh, you yeah. lo- you look at a lot of the relievers that have come off for the Cubs the like this last year especially like how many guys had Brandon Hughes really on the radar before the season especially at, at you know at May and May, May mid-May when he finally came up mm-hmm. I mean Javier Assad like he he mentioned Javier Assad they all thought like he was the guy but I didn't we really didn't have know. yeah we didn't have really have him on our radar until kind of the Good. day he got brought up like yeah. It was. There's all, so many of those guys in the system, and so many guys that are getting chances on this team. That I mean, hey, if Max pitches well next year, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get you know, maybe even a, a late season bump and, and get a mm-hmm. shot.
3: Right. Well, like, I just I've, loved like hearing about the buy-in. I thought you know when he was talking about that and um, just the even even winning at the minor league level, just a lot putting that in perspective of like what it is like for the players. You know, because obviously we view the Cubs and this whole rebuild, even though Jed doesn't want it to us to call it that still. Like, <laughs> we view it through a particular lens, right? We want them to win at the major league level. That's, like, the be-all, end-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think especially to see the results that they got from some of the younger guys throughout the year and to hear from someone going through that process about the infrastructure. And, you know, like, Brendan talks about the infrastructure and Craig Breslow this, Tommy how to be that. But, like, Max is able to offer us that other perspective. And it's like this... You know, as a fan, like this sounds really good. Like yeah. it sounds yeah. like a really healthy organization, and the players are happy to be a part of it and like have an opportunity to grow and and learn with it. Yeah, and that's the thing because when you, when you
0: hear about the pitching infrastructure and you talk to you know, like you said, just front office people, or you're you're hearing all this stuff about it, but then you get someone who's actually in it, who's actually working inside it, and telling you like, yeah, this is working. Like like everyone's right. bought in. This is working. Like that. And that's where you get some of that. Yeah extra confidence like okay like what's going on
3: down there is legit yeah. because it's it, easy it, for like the the team itself yeah, to exactly. gas itself up like look at all this cool stuff we're doing but like yeah. when max is pointing and that it's out. something
1: that he's talked about on pre like i we probably touched on a little bit of this when we first had him on back in march um and then just talking to him over the last two years like he's really emphasized about like the organization the pitching and you know just the morale yeah. in, inside the organization regarding that now so i uh, you know i can sit here and say uh, actions speak louder than what you're saying but as far from a player standpoint telling us that you love to hear it i'd rather hear that than yeah.
0: anything negative right yeah <laughs> right so <laughs> you want to tell you don't want them to come on here and be like now nah, the pitching infrastructure actually sucks like, what infrastructure? Yeah. right 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 <laughs> okay
1: it's time uh What's great Nick magical season guys. Here we go.
0: You asked for it in the chat you yesterday. You asked for it yesterday. Actually, I think only one person actually asked for yeah, it. It was know, our guy Mike like Dubs. The, <laughs> uh, we need the the
3: sad trombone like from Joey or whatever that one is.
1: <laughs> Mike Dubs actually, uh, he texted me like literally. Exactly. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. He that's text- the Nick Magical. He texted me right after the show yesterday. He
0: was like, I didn't think you guys were really going to do
1: Magical. I was <laughs> like,
0: no, we're doing Magical, man. Everybody gets uh, a grade. Everyone we'll get, gets a grade, baby. Ju- just in time for player grades. Michael Hulata in the chat. He's going to. Uh, wow. Uh,
1: he he says he is. That's a positive comment from Michael. You get he the get those every once stick. In it's a while. little bit of bolt. You get those yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, he did have a positive comment when we had Joe Madden on too. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank everyone again. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Nick, magical. Shall, shall I start, or do we want Corey to start, like we always do? Like left as far right? as like you know, left to right. Yeah.
0: You want to go ahead and start Corey? I can. All
3: right. Go ahead. Um, well, uh, well, Joey will bring up. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I went. D minus.
0: I wasn't sure what constituted a pass, by the way. <laughs> I, I guess I, D is a pass. I, guess, I don't actually I think D it's is not. not so,
3: like, I mean, and we talked about this I, last I don't know. week. I really like, don't know. I Ds <laughs> get degrees. Fs just feel really harsh, you know? So, like, I, f- I feel like I would be pretty reserved with an F. Madrigal, I avoided it only because he had a good month of August, mm-hmm. right? When he was out there. And like just an F just feels really harsh. I don't know. I don't. You're making like. me feel bad. There's 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 a, a couple guys who I'm usually not allowed to mention on air who were on the team at the beginning of the year. They get Fs, right? They were <laughs> terrible, and then they had to get cut or DFA'd, or whatever. That gets you an F. Mandel's defense was fine. I think he rated positively. Um, Better than yeah. what we expected. Yeah, and I you know I think I test. I think he gets bailed out a lot. Uh, with Nico playing in short yeah. right in the shift. I think that certainly helps out. I would have a lot of questions about Madrigal without the shift next year, uh, though in my perfect world he's not really in that conversation, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I think, like, overall, like, I think a solid D or something like that is pretty much where he lands. I think Madrigal is also one of those guys who gets graded more harshly based on – expectations and what you were hoping for from him. And I think the, the harshest I'll be on magical is that he needed to show us something this year, right. To earn a spot or to show where he fits in going forward. And we didn't get that answer at all. And if we did get that answer, it wasn't a good one, right? It was not a passing grade as we were discussing with Joey. Uh, He wasn't (laughs) able to stay healthy, which isn't his fault. But wasn't able to stay healthy once again. And when he was out there, and I think he finished the year with like a seventy WRC plus, not not gonna cut it. So yeah, I think overall it was a D, D minus, whatever you want to do. But
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I,
1: I here comes short King energy, right? I,
3: I mostly agreed with it, with all that. I think we had pretty similar
0: grades. Um, you yeah, know, Joey's bringing it up. Yeah, I had offense D. C fen- C fence. What? I'm like can't do this anymore. <laughs> I said I said D minus because I was looking at D oh, yeah. yesterday for Wilson. Career, yeah. Like oh my god. All right. C for defense and then D overall. Um yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything Corey said. Like he did have that good month of August, and I think when you say like he didn't show us I think I, I think in a different way, like that kind of showed us who he can be, but that wasn't too small of a sample size to trust sure. it. Sure, you know. Yeah. I think like that like he would hit over 300. I mean he had a wrc plus of 110, um, strikeout rate 7.7%. It it just it that is like a, the the hitter you hope he can be and I, I think he can be, but I can't completely trust that he will be that, you know. Um and but that and that's why cuz it was that was his longest stretch of like sustained playing time the whole season. Like he had 91 at bats yeah, in, in yeah. August. And the the next month with the highest number of plate appearances was 64 in, in April, like March, mm-hmm. April. So the 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 health docks him a lot because he just wasn't he wasn't able to show if he could do it over a full season because of like obviously the hamstring injury last year, you know, all the things he went through early in the year. Finally got healthy again, had a really good August, I would say, at the plate. Um, then got hurt again beginning of September. So I know when he talks about this off season, he's talked about you know changing things up, maybe changing his, his nutrition, his, his strength and training regimen, like all that stuff to help him get through the grind of a regular season so he's not spending, you know, two thirds of it on the on the IL. And I I think you want you want to see if he could do that this offseason so that next off season, like okay, or not I mean next season, you're like, okay, can you do it this time? Like if, if he's for some reason still a starting second baseman Again, I think we're all expecting him to be in that shortstop market, but if that doesn't happen, he probably will be the starting second baseman. Okay, now can you handle that for the rest of the season? Can you can you do a full 162, you know, not maybe get dinged up here and there but not get completely hurt. That's the goal. But as far as what this season showed, yeah, I think a D is is fine on offense and then defense he was better than he was given credit for, I guess, from the Sox guys, especially. Like we kept ta- we kept hearing how bad he was at defense, and he made one error on the year. Granted, again, he didn't play a whole lot of games. He still ended up with four defensive runs saved, two outs above average uh, at the position, according to Fangraphs. Um, and I mean, even the eye test you saw, like he wasn't making mistakes. He had there were a few plays where he showed some pretty solid range, and I I think an average. I think he played average. Def- at least average defense at second base, if not even better than that. Maybe I even graded him a little too low on that. But the problem is, I think you mentioned it with the shift, Nico was kind of behind him a few times, you know, picking up the slack against lefties and stuff like that. Now you think, okay, if the Cubs don't go out and sign a shortstop and Nico st- sticks at shortstop, Nick Madrigal probably your second baseman. Can he handle that, especially against power lefties without, you know, Nico being able to go behind him and back him up—that's that's a huge question for him. If if the Cubs, in fact, do not sign one of these these uh, big name shortstops, like that's a huge question that's going to be have to be answered by Nick Madrigal next year. Otherwise, I don't you know I don't see a whole lot of extra chances after if that's a scenario and he doesn't either is hurt a lot or he's not you know playing well at second base without Nico behind him. I don't see a whole lot of scenario where they give him much more leash than that than yeah. than one season. So yeah. Yeah, overall, D is what I gave him. Uh, A lot of that having to do with him just not being on the field. Um, But this is a big prove-it offseason for Madrigal, going into a big prove-it season for him, I think.
3: I just think, like, we don't know exactly what they're going to do next year. We have our hopes. We have our rumors and all of this. He just didn't do enough, in my vision, for what they do in 2023, even if it's not, like, crazy you just can't count. You know, he didn't do enough to be a part of that plan, yeah, right? Absolutely. You're going to build a team to win the division and put a guy out there that can't stay healthy and was 30% below league average as a hitter. because You know, and, like, he did look more like how he did with the Sox in August, right? We had seen him hit that way at the major league level before. But at this point, it's so inconsistent. And, like, again, I, I don't know exactly how the Cubs are going to proceed, but... You just need more of, like, maybe not even a sure thing, but you look at someone like Christopher Morrell, right, and what mm-hmm. he was able to do. Like, if we're talking about giving a guy a shot, like, I'm giving it to him, right? Like, not not Madrigal, right? Because yeah. I'm more interested. He's younger. He, you know, was able to be an above-league average hitter, like, has more power, has a better arm, you know? So I we just didn't see... This was a year you needed kind of, like, a strong conclusion, from Nick Magical, yeah. like, here's what he can do, and he showed it, and he, he just didn't, and I, I just don't know that they're going to have the time yeah. to sort that out, I, I think I is that. really what it is. I, I It's
0: it's it's really tough because it, it did come off, you know, the hamstring uh, tear, I want to say it was, going into an offseason where he couldn't work with the Cubs training staff for 99 days. Like, that is three and a half-ish months that he couldn't, you know, recover from his injury with the training staff. And then going into a spring training that was shortened, you know, didn't get a lot of time to just get back into the rhythm of baseball, to, to let the body kind of rediscover the grind of the season. And then, you you, you know, you kind of see what happens this year. And it was, just, it was just tough all around for sure. I mean, that August, again, that August was really good, but that's one month out of the six of a baseball season. So it, it, you can't just co- be completely confident that that's who he's going to be. Again, so again – it's a huge off-season for him, a huge yeah. off-season for him to, to get himself right and prove who he is. Yeah, so uh, shout-out to Luke. He's
1: in the chat, by the way. Uh, not Steve, but Luke Stuckmeyer. Luke Stuckmeyer um, not I'm Steve. sitting in your seat, buddy. Um, I hope I'm doing well. expected <laughs> BS from Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you expected Bs. Um, I'm actually surprised Ryan didn't give him Bs. Uh, I went a little harsh here, and maybe it's just because I had a little bit higher expectations. Remember at the beginning of the year when we did, like, our own, like, preseason predictions, I picked Magical to, like, be our the comeback player of the year. Um, yeah, it did, we did not get that, and you guys have basically highlighted that. Um, the offense, um, you know, this guy was a walking ground ball at a second or short uh, or shortstop. It felt like like the first until August. That was, yeah. that was basically it, and I know a lot of that he was hurt. But, uh, you know, I've heard it around the office a lot, the best ability is availability. And I'm sorry, like, health, you, if you can stay on the field, whether you're good or bad, like, that, that's a big step. Health is a big thing to me, all right? Um, so, yeah, the offense wasn't good. The defense was actually better than I expected, so I'm with you guys on the defense. I thought he was decent. I don't know what to, how to feel about it with no shift next year. Um, but yeah, he's got to really change his body to not only stay healthy, but also be able to maybe be a little bit more versatile. I don't. I, he's second base, and that's that. Yeah. That's basically it. That's probably what we're gonna see. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd absolutely love to see him comp- take a Nico Horner type jump, and not not necessarily like the same type of numbers, but just be able to stay on the field because that was the thing everyone said about Nico was that he was injury prone, even though he basically. I, I, I always felt like that was a little undeserving for, for him because he got called up too early, in my opinion. But a loss. Uh, yeah, Magic was getting an F for me, man. Like, you give me one good month month in August and that's it. Like, you're part of a, a major trade that's in the city, and I already have to hear enough about Aloy and Dylan Cease. You're giving me more pain, brother. I'm sorry. You're getting an F. Get, this is prove it. Like, next year you oh, got to yeah. prove it. You got to prove it. Prudence. Not only can you stay on the field, but also, like, just like be a average player, would you say seventy WRC plus? I think that's that's great thir- finished, seventy. That's yeah. thirty. That's thirty percent below league average. That's not, not even Del it. Metrics. That's no. that's literally Fan Graphs. Okay, like I <laughs> I am just asking for an average player who can play second and or be come off the bench or something like that. That's literally all I'm asking. And that and and like honestly, going into the year, I had higher expectations, and maybe I shouldn't have, considering he was coming off the injury and this and that, but he really disappointed me. I, I, that's, just, that's basically how I'm grading it. It's just you look at other second basemen around
0: the league, like he's one of the worst yeah. ones. Well, no one was happy about the season, and definitely not him either. Like no one right. came again, away from the season with anything else, and, yeah, it yeah. was it was a disappointing season. 100%. Right. And, again,
1: it's, it's not that I don't believe he can be a better player or anything like that. It's just I'm just giving you how it is. He was yeah. not good, and he couldn't stay on the field. That's a recipe for an F. Sorry. I think,
3: like <laughs> – you you can envision a role for someone like him on a, a more competitive team, right? We went through many years where the Cubs, I think, desperately would have taken a guy that you could bring up there, even in a pinch hit spot, and say, "Look, he's going to put the bat on the yeah, ball." Yeah, he was still ninety percent. We contact need the ball rate. in play, and we need it in play now. Oh, yeah. Like somebody there's, go up there yeah. and don't strike there's out. There's definitely
1: things about him that there are, that you'd like the contact rate and the, again, there's he's got good qualities. Now, can he put it together? Can he stay on the field? And can he? You know, I I really did like him out of the leadoff in, in August he was he was great in yeah. that role. You stayed on the field and he was, like again. I just need more. I need more than one month. And the big thing too is that you were hoping this year that you were going to be able to learn more about him and see if he could be part of the future. And like instead, we're going to the offseason. We're like, we got Michael Collada asking, how's he going to prove it if they sign a shortstop? And it's like I don't want the Cubs to use magical as a reason to not sign right. one of the won't. shortstops no, that are that out would, there. Right? That would, like that would be... like. So that means next year he's probably not going to have every day at-bats if they do, in fact, do right. that, which we all believe that they will. They better, so, yeah. like, it, it's actually kind of hurting his situation. And he doesn't have any trade value. Like, this was the absolute worst thing that could have happened for, for him, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, again, I can't, I can't give I him a, like, a, anything higher than even a net. <laughs>
3: even if I bought into the hit potential mm-hmm. that we saw in August that we saw with the White Sox, like... It, it, we don't always have to go back to the 2016 Cubs, but you're not going to get that level of elite defense, and I think you're going to want that with the pitching staff you're going to mm-hmm. put together, a lot of ground balls, mm-hmm. just yes, depending steals, who's throwing. in there. Magical's not going to fit that. So right. even even if you you sign someone to play third base, right, and so Nico's still at short, like, I want – his defense was fine, and I I do agree, like, I had this vision just based on what – we kind of heard going into the season that he was going to be a complete clown out there, like just an absolute mess. That's not really we what thought we thought he saw. was at least going to hit. <laughs> well, and kind and, of, and kind of the opposite, saw, right? right? And it was kind of the opposite. But yeah. I think even if you're trying to build a more competitive team, like I want, they don't all have to be elite defenders, but I want a better mm, defender, yeah. a more top tier defender, yeah, and those, he's not going to be especially there.
0: Especially with the shift going in like yeah. like premium def- defense up the middle is like a premium. Joey, can you bring up Co- Cody's report card again, real quick? I know you were talking about how you didn't know if a D was a pass. And An F is certainly pass, brother. That's fail. not fail. passing. Stamp, change, fail. You failed, Nick. You have to retake Cody 101. <laughs> Cody
1: 101. Okay. Uh, we got two ads here. No, did we decide who's reading FOCO?
0: We we might have to push lighter to tomorrow. We can push lighter Again. tomorrow. Sorry, Mark. That's
1: that's fine. Uh, I, I'm sure you everyone right I pitch will be okay without <laughs> it. Pitch, lighter, better and you'll, okay. pitch
0: better and we'll do you sooner.
1: Uh I'll do FOCO. Okay, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Oh, that's true, man. Really, for real, especially with the wind out there today.
0: Especially if you have to scooter to work. Yeah, Nikoi especially if you have to scooter to work like <laughs> I do.
1: Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all your non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off, and I'm pretty sure they still have the Matt warmer bobblehead. So oh, That's pretty cool. need a collector's item, I'm just saying.
0: We also got to talk about Shy town Cornhole. Shy town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois, since 2007, our signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on, recessed in on the back. The LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted crafted scorekeepers. It's veteran-owned and operated. They can ship these cornhole, I call them bags, but cornhole, <laughs> I guess, what, what do you call them, like the cornhole boards, boards. boards there you go. Yeah, yeah. Cornhole boards anywhere and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasion, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. We got some pretty cool ones in the office. Two sets, CHGO ones, pretty dope. Buttes. Yeah, we'll have them at our next tailgate. So if you want to play some some bags, make sure you make it to our tailgate. Come play with us. It's the Dolphins,
1: November 6th, I believe.
0: November 6th? Is it Dolphins?
1: I think that's who they play. Probably.
0: Um, so go check out their website, shytowncornhole.com and make sure to follow them on, on Instagram at boards
1: And on Twitter. Can but, I... but specifically on Instagram, because I guess their account got hacked
3: or something. So they're trying to rebuild a new one. So go follow them. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, so if we're going to push lighter, can yeah. I at least add in a comment since I won't be here? And I feel like I yeah. want to. You want to hop in tomorrow just for like 10 minutes to do that? I am going (laughs) to be on an airplane, so I don't think that's going to work. But Michael Collada
0: says uh, In case I am gone tomorrow, lighter D plus. (laughs) That's I just looked it up. D+ plus is technically above it's not even poor. It's a little bit I above think we're poor by
3: our own grading rules, right? I think we're making yeah. that so up. So congrats but Mark Leiter. I, I will say an F is definitely a fail, so like the mm, fact that that graphic right. had passed. Cody got a yeah, he failed Nick Madrigal. We do yeah, know that. I, I look, I just want to say Mark Leiter Jr. as a reliever very different person than Mark Leiter Jr. the starter, right? Yeah. 53 or, innings. 577 opponent OPS, sub three ERA. I I'm not like a Mark Leiter Jr. Stan, right? Like I don't no. have a Corey jersey Stanning. or any. Don't you know? let <laughs> don't, don't don't say that. Don't that, say that, even that would, it would be. Chat. i did not a lefty, and you It would him. be weird if you were. <laughs> no, I'm not. But he, I was he like number one in the chat. He was like the oh, chat's man. number worst enemy, mm, public yeah. enemy number one. And Simmons MBR, and like before they were let he go. wasn't good as a starter, but no. I'm just saying like Rucker, 53 too. innings as a reliever is not a small sample. It's a lot of relief innings, and he was pretty good. He did eat a lot of innings. He just took a lot of slander, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's well, like, yeah, maybe well, it was we'll, a lot we'll of mop up innings. We'll but we'll like somebody's got to pitch tomorrow. those innings, yeah, and he so, did them well.
0: Somebody's got to pitch the mop up innings and sub three yeah, ERA. You got to, yeah, you got to. And I, I will also say that I got like you said, he was not good as a starter, and I think that just kind of torched him. In the eyes of fans, and so whenever he came out there, like the, oh, oh he, this he guy. gave up a lot of runs as a right. starter. Uh, no, I, I mean, you saw. I mean, he, he, that changeup. His changeup is like really, really good. He, like, go, something. go look at the yeah. stats. Go look up the stats on his changeup, baseball savant. Like, it, he, his, he, can, the, he has like a really good pitch. The problem is, it's like that one and his sinker are, are good, but then like when you're a starter, you can't really last on like one right. really good pitch and one like decent pitch, and three others that aren't that good. Like, you gotta. You need more. We'll talk more about Mark. We'll talk more about tomorrow. It tomorrow. Corey is tr- – or not
1: Corey. Joey is trying to get me to end the show. Uh, Luke, He's I hope this. I did well in your role today. Thanks for stopping you, in. Luke. Dropping Stucky in, Asian. whatever. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube. Hit that like button before you head out of here. Yeah, hit it. Uh, subscribe if you don't. If you just saw the show for the first time today, welcome. Uh, this is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by Giraffe Kings, my favorite app if you didn't know. Uh, we'll see yeah. you all tomorrow, 120, fly to W. And uh, go Guardians.